Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The Bible says, He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. When you despise something, that means you take the lowest opinion that you can of it. You abhor it. You scorn it. You mock it. That's what it means to despise. And Paul is teaching them. uh, Well, first, Proverbs 1, 7, the Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction we Paul says look I might be teaching you but you're not despising me you're actually despising God when someone is teaching from the Bible and someone gets offended or they get uh, convicted about something and they just want to despise all that and throw that away throw that instruction out they're not despising the Bible teacher they're despising God and Paul's trying to draw this 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 principle out um, look at verse number seven and we'll get some context because what he is what he said in verse seven under the holy spirit inspiration is for god hath not called us unto uncleanness but unto holiness he therefore that despiseth despiseth not man but god you don't want to live we're called to live a holy life god is holy be ye holy So when you preach about holiness or righteousness or good living, right living, holy living, pure living, and somebody just wants to throw that out, you're not despising that man. You're not despising anybody but God. We call to live a holy life. We don't want to do that. We're not despising man. We're despising God. So in the context, when you go to verse 7 to verse 8, we can see that uh, we are called to live a life of holiness. Somebody wants to disregard that. It's God they have a problem. We will see this come forth. um, Despiseth not man but God. Um, We disregard God's commands. And we see churches do this. which Which is a very big problem because they're the influencers despiseth not man, but God. When a church says, I'm going to refuse to hold the line on preaching against alcohol. It's unclean. It's dirty. It it messes you up. There's nothing good that comes out of it. We're called to live a holy life. When they want to leave that part out, they're not despising man. They're despising God. They're the ones that are in the wrong. The Bible preacher that's trying to draw out holy living and make practical application to that, he is not the bad guy. The modern church that refuses to preach about holiness, they're the ones that are wrong, and they're the ones that need to get right. You see, to them, it doesn't matter biblical principles. It doesn't matter if commands are followed. You can come here. If someone told you something that you don't like in the Bible, hey, look, you can come here. We'll love you. 
except they're not loving them. They redefine love and they give them an out for their sin. I mean, these are serious matters. We can go on with many examples, but I think you get the point. I am not going to use a Hollywood movie so that I can relate to my audience. This is why, and look, it's very hard because we can get more people if we do this. We can. Now, how many of you want more people? I do. I do. I told my son the other day, son, there's nobody that wants more people to come to me. <laughs> really. But we can get more people if we do some things. And we can start bringing the world into the church. We can start bringing the culture of the world into the church instead of standing on God's word and saying, hear what God says. So one way you can relate to people is you just watch all these Hollywood movies. And you know what they have in them? They have blasphemy. They have profanity. They have nakedness. They have hugging and kissing by people that aren't married. And I'm just not going to watch that stuff. And I'm not going to encourage people to watch it. And I sure am not going to use those analogies to basically say to my congregation, yeah, I'm kind of just like you, man. I watch just what you watch. Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. If anybody wants to say anything, well, they're just mean and bigoted and hateful and narrow-minded. Well, no, we just love God and we actually want to try to do better and live a holy life. You see, we've got something better. We don't have to relate to somebody about some Hollywood movie that's just filled with fornication and blasphemy and bad language. Because we have something better, God's word, the indwelt Holy Spirit. We can enjoy activities and movies that don't encourage that type of behavior. I know it's hard. Because look around and say, well, we're small in number and only if only. I'm telling you, we are where we are. And I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring or next week. But I know with God helping me, I really do want to do right, teach right, preach right. And I, and I trust that you all do as well. If you say something like what we're saying tonight, you'll be called a name. You'll be called a legalist. Why? Because they despise you. No, they despise God. They don't despise you. Here's the encouragement for us all. Even though we're small in number, we've got something better. Everybody's got problems. We might have some problems, but we've got something better. We don't need to drown ourselves in pop culture because we know that doesn't make us feel better. We've got something better. God's word, a good church, Christians to fellowship with. Some people live a wasteful life. And as a result, they end up despising God. Some just live a life, a long road of just pleasure, entertainment, and amusement. And that's all their life is. And as a result, they just despise God. Some despise God because they're so steeped in youthful lust or childhood sin and childhood habits that they've never broken those habits. And they end up despising God. 
And if you spend any amount of time here, you know, you see all the time. Homeless people. Those people are products of a wasteful life, a life full of drugs, full of alcohol, never being able to break those habits. Now, they can get saved and the Holy Spirit certainly will work in their life. But it still will be hard for the power of their flesh to break those habits. They can. But the consequences of that type of life leads a lot of people to despise God. Why else do people despise God? Number three, they just don't want to believe God. Because if they did believe God, that would mean they would be subject to his commands and his precepts and his principles. And people ultimately, at the end of the day, they really don't want God telling them what to do. They don't want to have an authority in their life. Now, as a minister of the word, as a preacher, and you as a Christian, we should not, and we cannot, if we want to call ourselves true Bible believers, turn a blind eye to sin. I can't, and you can't worry about somebody despising you because you've given them God's word. Because if we do that, we actually end up despising God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, he that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despiseth you, despiseth me. And he that despiseth me, despiseth him that sent me. Who would that be? That would be God the Father that sent God the Son. At the end of the day, they're not despising you. They're despising God. Now, that does not mean, and I've said this before, I'll say it again. That does not mean that we use these verses as ammunition to be rude and mean-spirited and crude to people. That is not what God is saying. That is not what I am saying. But I do have to throw that out there because a lot of people get so spiritual that they think they don't have to have their spirits, their, their spiritual temperature checked. <laughs> it's called spiritual pride. And it's one of the worst forms of pride. And thank God we don't have that culture here. But it is something that we should mention because Lord willing, as he builds his church, we want to be able to teach others that as well. I remember as a Christian in my early years, I'd get a hold of something and I just want to blast people with. It. And that's real easy to do when you get saved out of Roman Catholicism because <laughs> you got a lot of ammunition to blast people with. And look, maybe what I was saying was right, but it certainly was not with the right spirit. It was not a Christian spirit. So we tend to rest the scriptures to our own destruction. when We take one scripture truth. And we apply it devoid of another scripture truth and we make a mess of things. And I've made plenty of messes. And I'm sure if you think back, you've had some mishaps as well. The Bible says it goes on to say. Uh, where are we? Verse number eight. OK. But God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Now, here we see the inspiration of the word of God. It's inspired. We don't trust in what Paul says or what I say or what any biblical preacher says. We trust in what the Holy Spirit of God said. Who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 John, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us. By the spirit which he hath given us. You ever have one spirit bear witness to your spirit or your spirit bear witness to another person's spirit? 
because we both have the same Holy Spirit. <laughs> Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that encouraging? We went to this family camp meeting uh, back in October or something, and it was really good. Met, got to meet a lot of new people and some different preachers I knew before, and, and but some new families I haven't heard of and haven't met, and some I haven't heard of and met. And it was really good. It was it was everybody's spirit bearing witness to each other's spirit. It was one of the one of the best meetings I've been in. I'd say you know, kind of all year, but then again, we haven't really been in, in many because of what's been going on. But isn't that a blessing? That's what we want. It's the Holy Spirit of God. God's words inspired. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Now, gas stations or filling stations, depending on how old you are or what part of the country you're from, used to be called service stations because you would go there and you would receive free service you'd receive free air you would receive clean restrooms that were open you would receive free water you would receive in the old days a free map <laughs> but now we all have our gps's so they don't have the free maps but uh, there was a sign and here's what the sign said last and only gas station that offers free air, drinking water, clean restrooms, towels, hand fresheners, and travel information. Always open. And that was the sign. Now, we have drove all the way out to New Mexico. And you get to a point where you're thinking, you know, if I break down, <laughs> it's pretty hot. And we're in the middle of the desert. And I have my wife and two kids. So if you see a sign like that, you're thinking maybe it's a good idea I get off now. <laughs> and let's get service. <laughs> but I told you that story to say, we expect these things from a service station. And God expects these things, some things from us as Christians. And too many service stations have just turned into gas stations. There's really none of that serving going on. It's no, the restrooms are closed. No, they're not clean. You pay for the water. Air is $1.50. They're not interested in serving anymore. And you find one that does. Oh, boy, you're excited about that. It'd be nice to find some Christians that were interested in serving, isn't it? We should be those Christians. The Bible says, for as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. This is why God said, need not that I write unto you. He didn't write to them about brotherly love because they were taught by God. In other words, they got it. And in that sense, we should be just like the Thessalonian believers. For ye yourselves are taught of God to do what? Love one another a service station without service is a contradiction a christian without love for the brethren is a contradiction the bible says in romans 5 5 and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of god is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost which is given unto us let's look at first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 10 the Bible says, and indeed, you do it toward all the brethren 
which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. They deserve some praise, and they're getting some praise. Praise of accomplishments and praise, it really helps us to kind of go on to the next battle or get on to the next thing and do more and, and go after more accomplishments. I like coffee. Um, I don't know. People say, uh, you know, you, you know, if you've seen an ad for come to church, we have coffee and donuts. You know what you're thinking. Well, this is going to be another one of those coffee and donuts and, you know, feel good fests with some guy in a pair of, you know, skinny jeans sitting on a stool trying to relate to you about the last Hollywood movie he watched. Right. <laughs> but but I actually kind of I really like coffee. Matter of fact, when I wake up in the morning, I got to have a cup. I get less grumpier after each cup. Right. <laughs> and so I've done a, a, a bit of traveling in, in my day. And uh, when I go by a Waffle House. Oh, boy, Waffle House coffee. Now, some of my friends will say, well, if, if they're with us or vacationing with us, they'll say, oh, no, we're not going to go to an awful house, are we? <laughs> but I like Waffle House. And, you know, you, there's some sketchy people that go in there. And, um, you know, my one friend knows I'm, I'm, I'm an, uh, an ex-jujitsu competitor and instructor and all that. And he goes, Fortunato, are you are you looking to get in a fight? Like, are you looking to get into trouble or what? And. But it, it doesn't bother me. I just like the coffee. The food ain't that great. I just like Waffle House coffee. Well, four years ago, in 2016, Time Magazine identified what is called 240 reasons to celebrate America right now. This is back in 2016. Number 77 was none other than the lowly but always open Waffle House. And according to the author Ben Goldberger, he says it's so dependable, that's Waffle House, that FEMA has a so-called Waffle House Index for Disasters, meaning they've got all the locations mapped out, FEMA. He says if the locations are closed, you know things are bad. <laughs> in other words, back in 2016, Things aren't really, really bad for FEMA until Waffle House closes down. <laughs> now we got a problem. Well, 2020, I don't know. They shut Waffle House down, boy, all the restaurants. Now, the food is not half bad, the article goes on to say. But those who sing its praises do so not because of the food, but because of the way they take care of their customers. Matter of fact, I've been known to go into a Waffle House and say, welcome to Waffle House, because I know they're going to say, welcome to Waffle House. And, you know, they make some chatter in the back. They take care of their customers. There's no ego, no pretension. It's welcoming to all. And Daniel Hom, a high-end New York restauranteur, he visited a Waffle House and reported it was a reminder of how important hospitality is. We just felt so taken care of. So what's the point? Be like Waffle House. And I don't mean serve donuts and coffee, Waffle House coffee. But if we ever did serve free coffee, I'm, I'm voting for Waffle House coffee. But what, what am I saying? To, 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 what's the point I'm trying to make? 
we lose focus of the importance of hospitality. And you know what hospitality is? Service. And you know what we're called to do as Christians? Serve. And maybe the Thessalonians don't need to be reminded, but as touching brotherly love, but maybe we do. Maybe the Thessalonians were taught of God to love one another, but maybe we need to be reminded to love one another. And the Bible says, and indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Waffle House story is an example of hospitality. It's an example of service. The root word of hospitality is hospital. It's where people come that are sick to get well. When people come, we can't forget as touching brotherly love. We can't forget service. We can't forget hospitality. We should welcome all. And I don't mean what the modern church means, which is everybody come in all inclusive. We're going to we're going to wave the rainbow flag and it doesn't matter. You can select your pronoun. We're not going to preach against it. I don't mean that. You know, I don't mean that. But. Down at Hell's Corner, that west side, Hell's Corner, anybody that comes out of any of those establishments of liquor and, and, and all that, if they come in here, they're welcome. Now, we're not letting them take the kids out and get tattoos, but they are welcome. They're welcome here. We want them to hear the gospel. We want them to hear biblical truth. We should take them out to lunch at Waffle House. Amen. Okay. It doesn't matter how long the guy's hair is. It doesn't matter what clothes he wears. It doesn't matter how many tattoos he has. It doesn't matter what type of life that that young gal has lived. Somebody needs to take that gal or that guy out to Waffle House for lunch and love on. It's called hospitality. Everybody's welcome. And you can take and just listen to them or open your Bible or just give them a little gospel track or get their number and say, hey, I want to stay in touch with you and just kind of take things slow. You can't expect somebody to be an all-star quarterback at one football practice. They're going to need some time. How do we show brotherly love to the brethren? Finally, we'll end with this. One, we can minister in temporal things. Sometimes it's giving them counsel and advice. And sometimes that advice may not look like, well, it just looks different all the time. You know, advising people and counseling people. I remember a preacher uh, said one time that I want you to be ministered to. I want you to learn the word of God. I want you to be I want you to be happy with where you're at. And if that means you not being here and being in another church, I want you to grow in grace. I want you to grow in the Lord. And sometimes advice All the time, advice should be what is best for that person. What is best for that church? What is best for that family? But many times, we don't always understand everything. These temporal things are, are difficult. 
But brotherly love means ministering to and advising and counseling temporal things. Now, if we do have somebody that comes in and they're like we talked about, you, you, you know, you take them out to Waffle House. Guess what you're going to be doing? Ministering to them in temporal things. Finally, we can minister to people in spiritual things. How do we do that? We bear their burdens. We forgive them. Sometimes we have to admonish or warn them about things in life. Sometimes we just have to pray with them and pray for them. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. How do we minister to someone spiritually? We provoke them unto love and to good works. How do we minister spiritual things? By teaching them. What does Caroline do every Sunday morning? She takes the kids and she ministers to them spiritual things. Now, the kids might try to get Waffle House uh, coffee and, and donuts in there, but but because that's on their mind. But she's going to have to redirect them to spiritual things. Or she'll probably give them you know, candy, whatever she gives. So that's better than what I'm talking about. But she ministers to them in temporal and in spiritual. It's not wrong to minister to someone in temporal things. It's necessary at times. But we can't forget the spiritual either. And that's teaching and instructing the word of God. All right. Last verse I'll leave with you. Then we'll close out is John 13, 34. The Bible says in John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another. As I have loved you. That ye also love one another. Let's try to do that as a church. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.